Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson. And in this week's episode, we'll be talking about the NBA and what's going down right before free agency is about to kick off. We'll be talking about the NFL as the offseason never seems to disappoint. And we will have best for last. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to also follow the social media handle at jtimesports, I repeat, at jtimesports for all your breaking news and updates. Now, I hope you guys sit back and get ready to learn something. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to the show. I believe this is the second consecutive podcast. We're congratulating a champion. Um, I kind of doubted these guys the whole way through, so I need to apologize to them as well. Um, the Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions of the National Hockey League. Um, they defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning, stopping the Tampa Bay Lightning from getting their third consecutive title in a row. This is uh, the Avalanche's first title in 21 years, their third title overall. And for owner Stan Kroenke, for the NFL fans, that sounds incredibly familiar. This is his second championship as an owner in about six months uh, because his Rams won the Super Bowl in February. And now his Avalanche, or four months, his Avalanche wins the Stanley Cup in June. So he's got two championships, two championship parades um, within the span of four months. And that's his American holdings. He also holds uh, two uh, European soccer teams as well, including Arsenal. Um, so hell of a few months, really, for Stan Kroenke as an owner. I'm not sure if this has ever happened before where one owner wins multiple major championships, especially in the American sports, because not many teams not many major majority owners hold multiple sports and win at the same time. So let's say like, you know, Mark Davis has the WNBA and the NFL. Um, Stan Kroenke has hockey and um, the Rams, obviously. You know, there's not many owners with two teams, especially two American major sports teams. Both of his American sports teams are the champions. Um, so again, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup, even though they have already dented the bottom of the Stanley Cup, which these trophies these days never seem to get back to their home base cleanly. I remember when the Patriots won, uh, Gronk dented it with a baseball. One of, one of the Lombardi trophies, they make multiple copies, but one of the Lombardi trophies, he dented it with a baseball. Um, so, you know, this is pretty much uh, standard issue these trophies don't make it back to their home bases as they were the presenters of the team. But again, lastly, congratulations to the Avalanche on winning their uh, third Stanley Cup in team history. But we are roaring near. We are getting very, very close to NBA free agency. Admittedly, the most exciting part about the NBA season to the playoffs. Uh, we're coming off a of great playoffs. We're coming off the Golden State Warriors winning their fourth title in the Steph Curry era in the last eight years, their fourth title in six NBA Finals trips in the Steph Curry, in the Steph Curry era. 
um, absolutely our Steph, Draymond, and Clay really uh, era. We're coming off a great playoffs. That's a lot of ups and downs. That's how Boston team emerged, etc. But now we are shifting to free agency. There's some big names out there. There's some big wallets out there. The first major domino to fall that everyone was kind of waiting on, and in perfect honesty, should have been expected. But hey, Kyrie Irving opted in to his player option of about $37 million. If memory serves me correctly, $36 million. Um, for the 2022-2023 season with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I've been reporting amongst others that the Nets and the uh, Kyrie Irving were at an impasse in contract negotiations and that that may lead to Kyrie Irving ultimately saying, this has been fun, I got to run. Um, and either there was multiple options on the table, so that was a signing trade option or opt-in and trade option which would net the Brooklyn Nets something back, but it would require Brooklyn Nets cooperation. There was the, screw this, I'll just go uh, to the Knicks option, where he opts out of the Nets. He likes being in the New Jersey area. He's from that area. He went to Patrick High, um, or the St. Patrick School, something that nature, Patrick Academy. So you get it, it's in Jersey. Um, he's from the area, he likes being in the area again, around friends, around family. Um, so he just said, screw this, opt out of the Nets, wait till July 1, sign his name with the Knicks, and go across the hall, or across the town, go from Brooklyn to um, downtown New York to Times Square, basically. Um, there was that option. There was the, hey, I can go play with LeBron again option, in which case he would um, reject, he would lose $30 million in one year, but they would kind of wink, wink agree with the Lakers that upon the completion of the season, they would uh, offer him the full-blown max and he would make all his money in his last real NBA contract. Um, there was that option. That was pretty much the last of the viable options. He probably listed teams. Um, none of them. Lakers and Knicks had the most viability to it and the most probability to it. However, ultimately he opted into his Nets deal. Now, some people immediately said, oh, well, he's a net. End of that drama. Which, again, for most other humans, that is the case. For Kyrie Irving, that might not be the case at all. Um, because what I found out after he opted in was once he opted in, the hard cap uh, salary rules no longer applied to him. Justin, what are the hard cap salary rules? The hard cap salary rules is basically what stopped a lot of teams potentially from bidding for his services because if he's restricted by the hard cap you have to match pretty much dollar for dollar um, which is why teams like Philly really couldn't do much um, a team like the Lakers were kind of in a spot to do it but it would require a third team helping make the money work. Like um, that, that his salary number was very difficult because the third team the Lakers would have to do would have to be willing to take Russell Westbrook's contract off the Lakers' hands and allow the Lakers to then absorb Kyrie Irving's option. Um, so that was another major domino that had to fall. But because he opted in to his. Um, his option, the hard cap rules no longer apply to him. So now, if he still wants to facilitate a trade, 
he can do so without having to worry about hard cap restrictions. That team would just have to pay an exorbitant amount of luxury tax, which if you're the Lakers and you have the opportunity to put Kyra Irving with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, luxury tax be damned, you go do it to try and win. Um, the Lakers would be, what, 18th, 19th championship? LeBron would be his fifth. Um, and so that is what you would do if you are uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. But again, Kyrie has opted in. Um, there's been no real rumors of a move since the opt-in. We're going to definitely keep an eye on it. But as of now, Kyrie Irving is a Brooklyn net for the 2022-2023 season. Another point guard who actually did move was John Wall and the Houston Rockets organization reached an agreement on a buyout. So he opted into his option, which was a long seen coming of $47 million that he was signed during his Washington days. Um, he opted into it. Then arose the question of, well, Houston set them all of last year. Will they sit them all of this year? Will they find a trade partner for him? Will they just flat out release him? And the answer was C. They negotiated a buyout with John Wall. Uh, he ends up making 40.9 of the $47 million owed to him by the Houston Rockets. He makes, like I said, $40 million, $41 million of that, basically. And then he was able to go to free agency, in which he worked out a deal with the Clippers and will sign with the Los Angeles Clippers once he clears waivers, which should be right around the time free agency opens. So that will be um, the plan for John Wall. Uh, presumably, he goes back up Reggie Jackson or gives Reggie Jackson some time to breathe if he is going through you know, a slump or something, you swap, put John Waters on the lineup, who knows? But presumably he backs up Red Jackson, adding more depth and more ability to a Los Angeles Clippers team that's gonna be very dangerous. And the Los Angeles Lakers, their point guard, Russell Westbrook, opted into his uh, contract of $44.1 million, I believe, is his player option. He opted into it as well. Now, same rules apply to Kyrie, same rules apply to him. Meaning the hard cap rule does not apply to those guys. So now they can move, they have the ability to move Russell Westbrook without having to get Dollar Fed out of the back, which could greatly help facilitate a Russell Westbrook trade because then a team maybe who may be interested in just getting his salary just for one year and then dumping it to create the cap space does not have to find their own contracts. Also, there's a deal on the table, reportedly, for, but for Russell Westbrook, that involves Michael Jordan sending Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward to the Los Angeles Lakers for Russell Westbrook. Now, for Michael Jordan, the move is obvious. You gotta pay Miles Bridges down the line, and you gotta pay LaMelo Ball down the line. Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier have two longer-term contracts. Both would be potentially in the way of you re-signing your two young guys, plus you look at a guy like PJ Washington, who's also gonna have to get re-signed. So, there you go. You got three young guys you're gonna have to pay. Having Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward not really contributing to winning, plus on longer-term contracts, isn't good for you. So getting a guy in like Russ, sell a bunch of jerseys, you kind of tank out for a year, you get a pretty good draft pick to pair with LaMelo Ball, Russell Westbrook goes by his business, and then guess what you do? You have, under, you created $50 million in cap space, and you got Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington who might account for about $50 million. Plus you got LaMelo Ball, so you cross the bridge and get there, but they would be sending Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier to the Los Angeles Lakers. 
Terry Rozier starts for the Los Angeles Lakers. Gordon Hayward, more than likely, starts for the Los Angeles Lakers. So in a world, you probably have LeBron James, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Anthony Davis, insert center here. Uh, Kevon Looney's afraid, maybe he goes to the Lakers, who knows. Then you got THT, Austin Reeves, insert veteran players here. I'm not sure how you feel like, oh, they got, they, they got Wayne Gabriel back. They got um, Stanley Johnson back. So I'm not sure who all they get to bring in the team. That's nine people. I'm not sure why they get to fill in the rest of the roster. Um, but that would be the path for the Lakers to get off of Russell Westbrook, not have to attach the first round pick. And you would get two starters back. Terry Rozier can get you 18 a game, 19 a game, even 20 a game. Gordon Hayward is still capable of giving you 17, 18 a game. So maybe you, I mean, neither one of those guys are great defenders, but they can both put the ball in the hole. The Lakers had dual problems last year. They had nobody to put the ball in the hole and nobody they could defend. So at least you would solve one of the problems by adding in Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward for Russell Westbrook. It allows you to go try and up your value before going into your agency, potentially for the last time as a semi-valuable player. For Michael Jordan, it frees up cap space in 12 months time for the rest of your actual roster. And so there's plenty of benefits to me on both sides and doing a deal between Charlotte and the Lakers. Now we're gonna look at free agency, give a little free agency preview. Considering free agency does start July 1. Um, the first name we're gonna discuss, and probably the easiest name we're gonna discuss, and that will be Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is going to be a New York Nick. I know he's a Dallas Mavericks right now. And in this segment, we're gonna do a little bit of wants versus predictions. Um, I'm not even gonna waste my time with a want here. Jalen Brunson will be playing basketball for the New York Knicks come July 1. When the, when the season tips off in September, October, Jalen Brunson will be in the New York Knicks backcourt. Justin, how do you say it with certain certainty? First of all, the Knicks have traded away Kimball Walker, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks for basically cap space. They come off second round picks and some cash, effectively cap space. Then they have turned right around. They have hired Jalen Brunson's father on the staff and Leon Rose's son is Jalen Brunson's agent. Leon Rose runs the Knicks. Jalen Brunson is going to sign a four-year, $110-plus-million-dollar deal with the New York Knicks. Just just, 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 just put that in your book, put it in your back pocket, a bit on your 2K, bet it, whatever you got to do, that's going to happen. Let's just get that out the way. Uh, it, it's going to happen. But now we're going to get into the wants versus prediction part of this segment. And so how this, how this is going to work is that I'm going to do what I want for these players, and I'm going to predict where they actually end up. Um, and we're going to add in one guy, DeJounte Murray, who's not a free agent, but he's been heavily shopped, more than likely as it sits right now, going to get moved. Um, and so we're going to include him in this list as well, um, because he's a very mobile asset at this present time. But we're going to start off with Zach Levine, who I think is the most talented player out of the available guy, out of the, out of the heavily available guys it is going to be um zach levine now 
Zach Levine is a very good scorer. We've seen it at the Olympic level. We've seen it for the Chicago Bulls. We've seen it for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ultra athletic. We've seen it in a slam dunk contest. It is time for him, now he's entering his late 20s, to either find a guy better than him and go win a championship or to truly be the number one and have a really good number two. I think he cannot be a number one on the championship team. Preferably, he's not my number two. But if he has a really great one, he can be a number two. He would be great to me in a Drew Holiday type role. Drew Holiday is a third person for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday could be a third person championship team. Look at a guy, look at a team like Phoenix. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Zach Levine. That's small, smaller, but a hell of a trio. Um, but where I want Zach Levine to go, I want Zach Levine to be a Dallas Maverick. I just think Luka Doncic's life would get so much easier with a true pick and roll center in Christian Wood and a guy like Zach Levine who's capable of giving you 40. Because now, where are you going to double from? Where are you going to trap from? You can't just exclusively trap Luka because Zach Levine can break it out off the dribble. Oh, Zach Levine's running this pick and roll. Now Luka started hitting you because now he's ISO stepping back. You can't double off ball. You know, things like that. I think that would be, it would open up Luka's game to a different level we have not seen yet. So my vote would be for um, Zach Levine to be a Dallas Maverick. Where I think he's going to end up is on a very, very fat deal to stay in Chicago. That's just, that's just how I feel. I believe he's going to stay right there in Chicago and take a five-year max and stay in Chicago. Um, because him, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, if he ever gets right, Lori, uh, not Lori Markin, Kobe White, etc. Nikola Vucevic, that's a pretty good Eastern Conference team. They're not going to win a chip, but that's a pretty good Eastern Conference team. And I think God like Zach Levine would want to see that through. Um, so I would have him on a very fat deal to stay in Chicago. DeAndre Ayton is on the market. He's a unrestricted free agent, although there is a decent chance that... Whoa, we have breaking news into the show. Bradley Beal has declined his player option of $36.4 million. So this was mildly expected because if he opts in, he can't really sign his five-year big-time max. Opting out is the way for him to go um, financially. So he has done that. He can sign a five-year max with the Washington Wizards, or he can sign a four-year max with any other organization. So Bradley Beal is officially a free agent. Okay, so now we're going to add Bradley Beal into this. We're talking about Aiden. We'll do Beal um, next. So DeAndre Aiden is a free agent. He's had a riff with the Phoenix Sun organization for about a year now, or a year, a year ago this time. He was looking to get his full rookie max extension um as pretty much was standard people in his class everyone had pretty much locked it in um and so he was looking to get his and the sons wouldn't max him out that pissed him off so he just said screw this i'll play my one year and then i'll dip or you're gonna i'm gonna force you to give me my max he had a case through most of the year and then in the playoffs i needed the most he wet the bed and so Phoenix is still reluctant to max him out. Um, and so now 
He's looking around. They're looking out for greener pastures. Where do I want DeAndre Aiden to go? I want him to find a way. My, my, my thing for him was Dallas for the longest. But now they got Christian Wood, so no longer that. I want for him to get to the Atlanta Hawks. I think him and Trey Young would do really well together. Trey is a high-level assist person. Um, I strongly believe he would do Aiden a lot of justice. Aiden obviously grew up fast when he got Chris Paul. And I strongly believe that if DeAndre Aiden were to get to Trey Young, that he would have the ability to elevate his game even further. Where do I think he's going to be playing basketball next season? I believe he'll be playing basketball for the Phoenix Suns. Here's why. The Suns are a lot of things. Dumb ain't one. They're going to look around the NBA and go, there is no one like DeAndre Ayton. And if we lock him up for the full max, we have him on the team control into his mid to late 20s where he can develop and grow under us. Because Chris Paul hit a freaking cliff when he turned 37. So if Chris Paul is truly done in terms of ability, you're going to need somebody besides Devin Booker to potentially entice another veteran point guard, a leader, or something of that nature. You're going to need someone to entice um, someone someone there to entice a player to join the Phoenix Suns organization. Therefore, like I said, just max the under eight and out, move on with your life, stop fighting it, and therefore you have the ability to um, grow with Aiden and Booker, which is your original plan before Chris Paul arrived on the scene. But we're gonna address some of the breaking news. I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Bradley Bill has officially opted out his option. Uh, that was expected by many, if not all, in minutes for him to opt in because financially he is reduced if he were to return. And then of course, um, he is, eligible to leave now that he has opted out. So for the first time in his career, he is hitting full-blown free agency. So this will be very interesting to see where Bradley Bill goes. Where do I want Bradley Bill to go? I want Bradley Bill to play be playing basketball for the Miami Heat next season. I think that they could maneuver a way to sign him outright, if not a simple sign and trade, send Duncan Robinson, um, a couple of firsts and something else to make the money work if they, if they have to do it that way. Um, but I want him to be playing basketball for that Miami Heat next season. Where do I ultimately think he goes? I think he ultimately goes to Miami. I'm gonna, and I'm debating this. I guess I didn't prep for this. He kind of just opted out. Um, I'm debating it kind of live. Um, I kind of want him to go to Miami. Like, I think we're going to go to Miami. It would not shock me, though. $248 million is a lot of money to pass up on. And especially because he's a guy, this is his one big ride at the Apple, his, the Super Apple. Um, and he can look around and say, okay, what are my options? I've got the Miami Heat. Now, I can probably get a max out of the Miami Heat. It'll take a little convoluted work. But it's nothing that, you know, NBA GM, especially a guy like Pat Riley, can't find a way to maneuver. Okay, I got the Miami Heat. Not going to play basketball with Philadelphia 76ers. A, they have no money. B, James Harden, Joel Embiid, I already want the ball. I want the ball too. Not happening. Okay. Los Angeles Lakers, no money there. Unless you find a way of getting to dump Russell Westbrook somewhere. Um, no money there. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks, 
No money available. Houston Rockets, too young. Dallas Mavericks are interesting, though. It's similar to the Zach Levine thing. Look, you've been a bucket your whole life. You can max out in Dallas. I'm sure they could create the money really quickly. Max out in Dallas. Luka Doncic and Bradley Beal is a hell of a combination to try to guard. So Dallas is entertaining. I now want him to go to Dallas Mavericks. If Zach Levine does not go, I now want Bradley Beal to go to the Mavericks. I think Zach Levine should go to one spot. Bradley Beal should go to the other. Dallas and Miami Heat should have either Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. Um, but again, Bradley Beal is going to be really hard to stare at $248 million in the face and say, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to go play for 160 in spot A. So it's going to be very, spot A or B, it's going to be very hard for that to happen. But I now want Levine to go to Dallas, Beal to go to Miami. I think Beal ultimately does end up in Miami. Um, man, it's really hard to pass up on... Um, that kind of money breaking news again um james harden has opted out of his 47 million dollar player option but he does have the intent to return to the team on a contract but he's opting out in order to give them financial flexibility that is per sham saranya of the athletic so no need to do a segment on james harden he's going to go back to philly um on a deal that may be a little less than the max to give the team financial flexibility to build around them. And by them, of course, I mean him and Joel Embiid. Um, as it sits right now, Harden has ramped up his off-season training earlier. Uh, started basketball activities earlier. His full intent per the athletic is to win a championship in Philadelphia. So he started to ramp up earlier. By opting out, the team can now use the full mid-level exception of about six point some odd million dollars um that that could be a quality player harden takes a little bit of a haircut that could be another quality player so who knows how phil is going to build around them but james harden will be a 76er for all intents and purposes uh miles bridges is in between charlotte and detroit where i want him to be i want him to be in charlotte why i think he'll be i also think he'll be in charlotte i think him and charlotte will come to an agreement he wants the max i don't see detroit offering him the max uh, it probably reminds him of Jeremy Grant, who literally was a very similar to Miles Bridges style player. They offered to Max and it did not pan out at all. And he's not in Portland. So if I'm the Pistons, I'm hesitant offering Miles the Max. I believe him and Charlotte will come to agreement on something. If it isn't the Max, it'll be very close uh, to a Max contract. And then the trade piece, of course, we're going to discuss the Jante Murray. We're going to touch on that really quickly. Where I want him to go, I want him to go to the New Orleans Pelicans. But I, that was my original statement, but I'm now changing that. I want him to go to the Boston Celtics. Where I think he'll end up is the Atlanta Hawks, and I don't get the move for Atlanta. Trey Young needs the ball to be successful. DeJounte Murray needs the ball to be successful. Why in the hell are you either going to make Trey Young a catch-and-shoot shooter or allow DeJounte Murray to be rotated off of all season and trap Trey Young? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I don't want him to go to Atlanta. It's either to me, I want him now to go to Boston. I think him and Boston will be a championship. I think they go back to the finals. I think if you don't have to give up too much of your bench, and I saw a lot of picks, well, guess what? Boston's been hoarding picks for years. Send them three, four first-round picks. Send a Peyton Pritchard. Send a, a Carson Edwards. Send a Daniel Tice. Send something else. 
DeJounte Murray ends up a Boston Celtic, and you run on the floor with DeJounte Murray, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Robert Williams. With Grant Williams um, and the rest of that crew coming off the bench, you're going back to the finals. I said the Bucks are going to run the East. They don't have enough to match up with that. You're going back to the finals. Um, and you're probably going to win it this time. With this, like I said, DeJounte Murray, because he's an excellent decision maker. He's a triple-double three times on the floor. And if he's setting up your offense, now Brown and Tatum don't have to dribble. Now they should be able to get the ball in the spots they can operate in instead of having to use their not-so-great NBA-level handle to get to their spots. Or not get to their spots and take a really, really a tough shot. Potentially make it, but instead you're able to get the ball in your spot already. Um, and then, of course, the Pelicans are my other option. Pelicans fans speaking one, two, the Pelicans have a point guard. Uh, CJ McCollum is not a point guard. Brandon Ingram is not a point guard. Zion Williams is not a point guard. Getting them a point guard to get CJ in the spots he likes, get Ingram in the spots he likes, get Zion and ball easy, get Valanciunas easy buckets when the others are breaking down. You know that would be great for the Pelicans. Could it could could vault them up into the upper level of the West, potentially may themselves make a finals run um, because you got a guy. In DeJounte Murray, who's a great pick-and-roll guy, Zion Williamson, like I said, CJ McCullum, Brandon Ingram. The Pelicans have a cache of picks from the Drew Holiday and the Anthony Davis trades, so they have a lot of picks. They could offer a bunch of picks there um, and make the Bucks, uh, make it worth the Bucks' while. But that is all we have for the NBA. Now we're going to shift to the NFL and talk about what's going down there. Welcome back into the show and news broke during the break. The San Antonio Spurs have finalized a DeJounte Murray trade. It was to where I didn't want him to go. I didn't think it made a lot of sense, but he's going to go to the Atlanta Hawks to pair with Trey Young. Um, In the the hall back is Danilo Gallinari, three first round picks and a pick swap. So clearly the mission was clear from on high and the Spurs. It is time to rebuild. It is time to get younger. Um, the Hawks are sending a 2023 first round pick from Charlotte, their own 2025 and 2027 uh, picks. And then they will get a pick swap in 2026. So that is the haul for DeJounte Murray. He is officially partnering up with Trey Young to make one of the more interesting backcourts and better backcourts, honestly, in terms of raw talent in the NBA. We'll see how Nate McMillan incorporates those two guys together. But now we're going to jump into the NFL and talk about what's happening there. And of course, the big storyline out of the NFL is the Deshaun Watson case. But first, I want to congratulate the Manning family. Uh, the newest Manning quarterback, Arch Manning, has committed to, to Steve Sarkeesian and the University of Texas, also spurning, also creating rather six or seven or even eight uh, recruits the same week he committed. They signed as well, including several receivers. So it seems like Texas is bouncing back, led by Arch Manning. Um, he'll be a junior, I believe, when Texas arrives in the SEC. So we're going to see definitely his develop his maturation through the rest of the real Big 12 and, of course, how he plays in the SEC, at least for one season. 
So big news there. But the Deshaun Watson case, obviously we got some development when he settled 20 of the 24 accusations. That still leaves four pending cases. However, now since he's basically settled them, the, he is moving into the NFL jurisdiction um, in terms of suspension and things of that nature. We haven't had much of that going on. So he's currently meeting with the NFL people. Uh, he met started, started meeting with them yesterday. He met with them today. I've heard in a chance of a resolution today, so it could be tomorrow or even, or even through or through Friday. We may hear a decision as late as next Monday or even later. So what do I think will happen? What I think will happen is that he'll get half the season. He'll get 10 games, 10 or 11 games, 10 to 12 games, and he'll be eligible for week 13 to play for the um, Cleveland Browns. What I think will happen. Or actually, no, 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 no. Back, back it up, back it up. What I think will happen is he'll get the year. He'll be set another year. The Browns will have to go into their first year, their new super team in a way, either by reconciling with Baker Mayfield or they um, going with Jacoby Brissett. What I think should happen, I think he should be ready to go by week nine. I think eight game suspension, go week nine. No criminal charges, no official. I mean, yeah, that's a nasty, nasty is appropriate. A nasty New York Post article. Disgusting. But regardless of how long he's suspended, there's going to be backlash. There's going to be scrutiny, whatever. He basically served a year last year. And I'm sure his agents and representatives are using the time served argument um, for him. And that, um, and for him, and that he served a year last year. He set out last year when the accusations first started. He set out last year. Give him another half year this year. He'll basically have a. 17 plus 25 game suspension um or 25 game yeah he wouldn't be able to play 25 games kind of treated that 25 game suspension let him play for week nine um missed the first eight games like i said go week nine i don't, I don't know when their bye week is um but that is kind of how i would treat the situation if i'm if i'm the nfl he gets eight games he's, he's ready to go it's not great either way but cleveland has multiple paths of prosperity in a way um if you're cleveland you're kind of waiting if i'm cleveland i don't want to go back to baker on bending knee i don't at all in the slightest but if deshaun watson's out for the year you gotta make something shake so if i'm cleveland if baker if deshaun's out for the year i go to baker i say here's what we're gonna do we're going to rip this contract to freaking shreds. Just tear it up. It doesn't exist. We're going to give you $35 million to play for us this season. We'll have an automatic two more void years to help us with the cap. So it's a three-year deal worth $90 million, but the last two years void. Your first year is fully guaranteed when you put your name on a dotted line with a promise to trade you in the offseason. So regardless of what happens. If we have a promise to trade it, the, the deal will void before the franchise tag is eligible, like all that. Like, we're going to make sure you will hit unrestricted free agency next offseason. We promise. Because what you're going to have to do, you can't go to your Dakota Brissett. You'll be the fourth place team in the division easily. Easily. Mike Tomlin's coaching, he's guaranteed nine wins. He's never had a losing season. I don't see him starting now. That defense is too good. You're guaranteed nine wins. The Bengals are fresh off Super Bowl, and they got better. Her Super Bowl appearance, and they got better. I'm pretty sure the Ravens' entire team will not be in the infirmary this year. 
and they won eight games even with that going on. They're going to be better. So if Cleveland has to go into the year with Jacoby Brissett, you can pencil them in as the fourth place team of the AFC North. If they have to play this, they have to play the season with Brissett at quarterback, you can guarantee they're the fourth place team in their division. You can guarantee it. No ifs, ands, buts about it. They're fourth. So now that brings you to a different question. If he's gone half the year, you go with Brissett. If Deshaun Watson can play more than six games next season, you go with Jacoby Brissett, tread water to five and five, and hope when Watson comes back for the last six or seven games, he can win you five out of five out of seven and get you to ten and seven. You know, but the worst case scenario for Cleveland is Deshaun Watson is out for the year, and you have to go on bending knee and big um, Baker Mayfield to come back for a year. I'm sure with a lot of money guaranteed, probably, like I said, $35 million is probably what I find. Baker, yeah, I'm not going back and locking with that $35 million. Because um, I know I'm a, I know I'm a, a runner quarterback. I know, I know I'm a runner quarterback. So $35 million fully guaranteed with no, no ability to keep me past this year, I get to go to free agency. That is what I'm doing if I'm Baker Mayfield. It works out for both sides. Baker puts in the put gets the opportunity to put a real year on tape and not an injured year. Cleveland has a starting level quarterback, not the best level starting quarterback, like at all, but it gives them an opportunity to um, have a starting level quarterback because Baker said it. He's, he basically pretty much said the only way they do it, they came back and I mean he didn't say beg, but basically begged um, and apologized and begged him to come back for a year. That'd be the only way he'd see himself going back in that building. But he's, but like he said, both sides are ready to move on, which I believe that is the case. But Cleveland's kind of held hostage because they don't know what's going to happen to Deshaun. Will Deshaun be suspended indefinitely? No. Will he be on a commission to exemplist and or flat out suspended until week 10? Very strong possibility. So we're going to definitely keep our eye on that situation for you guys. And of course, if there's scandal in the National Football League, the Washington Commanders are in it, and usually Daniel Snyder's at the center of it. So Daniel Snyder, so they right now they're going through the Washington Commanders have several accusations against them, both financial, medical, a lot of different things going against them, uh, to the point where Roger Goodell has had to go in front of the U.S. Senate House, the U.S. House, um, the government, the federal government, and speak about the case, speak about the investigation, what happened, how the investigation go, how did you come to your conclusion, etc. Um, and one of the representatives, one of the congressmen was upset, very upset. Um, and she said straight up, she's going to su subpoena the Washington commanders and Daniel Snyder to come in front of them and answer questions. Um, I ultimately think, and it should have happened years ago. I ultimately think the Washington commanders will be sold. I think they're going to either force Daniel Snyder to sell or remove him somehow and the team's gonna get so like i ultimately think the commanders will be sold and their value will be very interesting we just saw the panthers go for a couple of billion um the broncos went for almost went for about four billion the commanders does not have the commanders to me are closer to the panthers historically than the broncos in terms of cachet like if the pages went on sale today that's a $5 billion franchise. If the Cowboys went on sale today, that's an eight, nine billion dollar franchise. If the Rams went on sale today, that's a six, seven billion dollar franchise. Like when you get to these 
Pittsburgh go on sale today, that's an eight, nine billion dollar franchise. When you get to these different franchises and you look at the guaranteed return, Jerry Jones is gonna make six hundred million dollars a year every year on the Cowboys. So you're willing to pay eight billion dollars for it because you know, okay, six hundred million dollars. If I'm if I'm a fifty five year old and I buy the Cowboys for six hundred for six eight billion dollars, Jerry say he can get ten, but let's say eight billion dollars. Six, I can make six billion in ten years. And that's just off the team revenue. That's not counting the league's revenue. You see what I'm saying? So you'll make your money back in 12 years and you'll be in the black for the rest of your life. And that's not saying whatever else you do. You can mortgage your whole future. You're going to make $600 million a year just from the Cowboys. You see what I'm saying? Like Just from the team revenue, that's not even counting what you're going to get from the NFL itself. So the Washington Commanders are on the lower side. They're on the Panther side. They're a $2.5 billion franchise. And I ultimately think Daniel Snyder is going to walk away from this thing making $2.5, $3 billion after being forced to sell. But to a guy like him, um, the social status of being one of the 32 majority NFL owners is much more higher ranked than the money. It's like when Donald Sterling was forced to sell the Clippers. Being able to say, I'm, I'm Donald Sterling, owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, was much more of a thing than having the multiple billion dollars that um, Steve Ball paid him in cash. You know, so that's also going to happen to the Washington Commanders is that they're going to be forced to be sold. Um, very interesting to see who goes after them. I'm sure many of the people who went after the Broncos are going to go after the Commanders. Um... So it's going to be very interesting to see that go down. And of course, now that's talking about new new design stadiums in Virginia. Um, so it's going, to, it's going to be interesting to see how this happens. But up next, we're going to shift to our best for last, which is going to be a discussion on the quote unquote new media. Welcome back into the show and welcome into Best for Last. And now we are going to discuss. Um, we are going to discuss what is happening uh, in the media. And a popular phrase that is now occurring, Draymond Green coined it. It has also become um, rather popular. Now the older. Uh, more traditional play and now the more older correction more traditional media sources are quoting it as well kind of as a mocking um but at the same time uh also kind of standing on their own ground kind of standing on their own ground kind of get off my lawn kind of situation and that is the term new media now with new media Pretty much is is the players are getting in media. It's it's really it's an it's an NBA thing. Um, Draymond Green is considered new media. JJ Reddick considered new media. Kevin Durant's new media. Um, these guys that are hosting their own platforms, hosting their own things, they're not trained journalists. They're not trained media members. Traditional talking heads. They're not your Stephen A. Your Skip Bayless. Your Shannon Sharp. Um, 
kind of people, they're your players, usually active players, in media spaces, giving their own opinions, giving their own uh, thoughts and outlook and views on the league that they currently play in. And they call themselves new media, and it's kind of become a war between new media and old media. Um, and it's interesting because now you got a guy, and the kind of the face of new media is Draymond Green. His podcast is excellent. He's done a great job of it. JJ Reddick's a part of this new media as well. His podcast is also great. Um, no shame in the game. We talk about other guys' podcasts. Um, they're having an issue. Not JJ Reddick, Draymond Green's having an issue with there's no longer basketball season. So there's nothing for him to lynch to. He's kind of he's gotten into a space of just talking about people who's talked about him. And while it's not a bad space to exist in, it's an interesting space in the sense of what is he going to do to a basketball season starts up? Um, because now he's going on other people's podcasts slandering quote unquote old media. And it's not an issue, really. It's just going to get repetitive and old, and I fear for his ratings. And so new media is in an interesting space because now they have to adapt to not having basketball to lean on. There's no hoops out. Like, there's nothing for you to sit there and lean on. Draymond Greens has nothing to lean on. Um, and it's the same thing I'm going to go through. Traditional, you know, media, like, the shows are going to go through. The, your, your, your first takes, your undisputed, your first things first, your get-ups, whatever. Their regular season baseball doesn't really help you. There's no basketball. I mean, some league's going to dominate a lot of shows. Some league's going to dominate my show. <laughs> some league's going to dominate first take, undisputed, etc. Um... Somebody's going to dominate a lot of shows because that's content. It's basketball. The NFL preseason is going to dominate a lot of shows. Open week college football is going to dominate a lot of shows. But when that's not there, what are you going to do? Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how these new media guys adapt. I've gone through it a couple of dead seasons, as I call it, which is regular season baseball, which is going to pop on the show very soon. But hockey's over. Football's not here yet. Basketball's over. The NBA drives past. Free agency is going to carry shows. Like, that's what I'm doing this show today, is to get it out before free agency starts. Free agency is going to carry shows, but that's only going to last about a week or two, and that's going to stop. Some of going to carry shows, but that ends, I want to say, July 17th, then that's going to stop. So from July 17th to, like, October, it's going to be, like, a dead period. And then, you, oh, September, then you college football. So uh, that's when a lot of shows take breaks. I'm going to take a break in there somewhere. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see how this new media, old media battle is happening because they're kind of shooting at each other from across the bow. Uh, going back to that battle, you know, Draymond takes a shot, then Nick Wright responds, and then Draymond responds back to him. But you now he adds a person. He has Skip Bayless. Now Skip Bayless shoots back. And so you're kind of getting this battle between basically Draymond and media. Um, and now Kyrie Irving and Stephen A. Smith are going back and forth on Twitter. You see Kevin Durant firing his little shots off. First at Nick Wright, then he just got Bayless, then he got into it with Shaquille O'Neal. So you're kind of seeing players shoot back using social media, kind of, which by the way, social media is a new media platform. Um, it's very interesting to watch this battle go down. Um, personally, I think it's great financially for everybody. Because the more engagement of Stephen A, of Skip, of Shannon, of myself, Shaq, Charles Barkley, the more engagement, Nick Wright, the more engagement we get, the more money's in our pocket. Just being honest. Uh, I'm not, no shame in my game. 
the more financial this podcast blows up, I start making a lot of money off of it. Nick Wright, those guys say the same thing. Well, guess what? Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving doesn't. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, those guys have platforms. They have, they have their own individual platforms. If they say something wild on one of those platforms and it goes viral, they make more money. Also, a lot of their money, adding Kyrie Irving into this now, come a lot of the money in their NBA contracts are from TV and marketing. From TV, from TV deals. Guess where those TV deals come from? Guys like Stephen A. and Skip and Shannon and the rest of the crew, myself, one day get on TV, saying the thing they say about the game and covering the game. They're mutually financially beneficial to both sides for this engagement to occur. Um, so I'm going to be very nice to see how this develops and how it goes forward. Oh, a little bit of news on uh, Deshaun Watson. So yes, that was, that was it, it, basically what I presumed is is going to happen it's uh his hearing just ended it's over for today and it will be back at again tomorrow per ian Rappaport. um it will be in front of judge sue robinson on day three so that is what's going to occur in the deshaun watson case and we'll keep you guys updated on that situation of course but that is all we have for today i thoroughly enjoyed being back in the saddle for another legit episode um episode 18 of season three um so very excited for you guys to still be with me still rocking out um and again don't forget to like rate and subscribe uh to the just in time sports podcast on itunes and spotify and don't forget lastly to follow uh, at j time sports on all of your favorite social medias because that is where the interesting news breaks and it is all in one place for you for your best place to find out information as it happens. But this is your host, as always, Justin Jackson, signing out.